I'm Arie Schwartz along with Ben Dahl and welcome to the Windsider show where it's all about the W. Rachel Galligan, one of our co-hosts and lead WNBA newsbreaker, announced last week that Alyssa Thomas of the Connecticut Sun got injured while playing overseas. This week, the team announced that Thomas underwent successful Achilles surgery. Let's discuss. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com. That's winsider.com. While you're over there, you can check out our overseas tracker. It's live. You can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing all in one place. Okay, Ben. This is a big one. Alyssa Thomas, the lifeblood of the Connecticut Sun, the engine, uh, the person who has willed her team to multiple victories over her career. Then news breaks. In Achilles injury, she had a successful surgery. But I'm curious, there's so many aspects. I mean, we're doing an episode just all about this, but there's so many different directions we could go. Where do you want to start with this? Uh, I mean, just it still feels so fresh. I mean, just one, just thinking about just how unfortunate it is. I mean, this is going to be two years now, you know, Dewana Bonner came there on a sign and trade in a, on a four year contract. They're going to be halfway through that after this season. And they won't have seen their big three at all with, with John Quill Jones and, and AT on the court, John Quill Jones opting out last year and now, and now AT with the Achilles. So, you know, just, just from that standpoint, it's, you obviously wish we could be talking about something else today and, and really just I kind of reframing their off season is, is probably the first place to start to where maybe a month ago, you know, Connecticut, you're much more from their perspective. You're really excited, right? You just bring, run it back and maybe you add a, add a piece that's going to play a lot for you off the bench, but you're in this, in this frame of mind of, you know, really, really building towards what could be a great moment in 2021, right? We've seen, we've seen an earlier version of the the team go through those struggles of getting knocked out in the first round. Then they get to the finals, but then they lose in game five. And then 2020, they don't have JJ. They get off to the bad start. They still are almost, you know, they end up a few minutes away from the finals again. So this just would have been that this really big season you'd be building to, and that just that takes a huge hit. And now. Uh, the the natural place to start is just wondering what's what's going to happen now with their offseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's do you try and you get a, a big sign for one season, you know, try and fill that? Do you just completely shift the mindset of of what this team was and what they were going to do? Because as you pointed out, you know, they're missing one of their big three. We saw that this team can still have success not having their big three. You're totally right. It's horrible that, you know, we're halfway, you know, in the future, we're going to be halfway through Bonner's contract and we still haven't got to see that. I mean, this is a team that you and I have, have reflected on many times that if healthy, when set, you know, this is a roster that can make a deep WNBA playoff push, even like arguably be finals favorites, maybe. I mean, like that's not too crazy to say, 
when you have all three of them and the supporting cast around them. For me, it's just sad. I mean, you look at the growth of this team and and obviously it's sad for Alyssa Thomas, somebody who doesn't miss games, powers through injuries. And we're sitting here talking about this team. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there was uh, going into, I mean, maybe last season, but going into a season, if you've ever felt more confident in a Connecticut Sun roster of late of them making a finals appearance. I mean, is is that a crazy statement to be made? Oh, I think it's absolutely true that, I mean, there are obviously some, some ifs there that would need to be sorted out, sorted out still, you know, re-signing Jasmine Thomas and, and actually re-signing AT and, like I had kind of alluded to, if they could have maybe added one piece to the bench that you really trust, that that would have really helped. But but no doubt, it, you know, with those with those things checked off, they would have been. This would have been the I think the the most fearsome they would have looked going into a season. Season saying that as you know, I ranked them number one to start the season in 2019. So you know where like as to where they go from here, uh, we'll get to the really the decision after this too of does AT being a free agent, do they just pay her anyways? We'll get to that. But if you look at it first of, well, you know, if AT just isn't there and you just try to build out the roster in a way, you know, maybe you have some money to use, but as you pointed out, and as I wrote about today, like you have to look ahead to 2022 where you're going to have Bonner, JJ, AT possibly on a max contract coming back. She's certainly worth that when healthy. And then Jasmine Thomas, if you re-sign her, like you really don't have, won't have really any money to throw around for really any kind of like middle-class salary, possibly, depending how some of those things go. So if you're looking for something for this year, I just wonder, I don't know if you have some names to come to mind, but it, it might, if they even go this route, again, to be clear, pointing that out like I don't know who you go for if you're looking for a big Cheyenne Parker I would guess is just like you know one interesting angle of this too is negotiations have already started right but but to like think about getting someone of like Cheyenne Parker's caliber or some of those all WNBA players above her right if if you're looking more for a one-year kind of thing and you'd have to you already have these bigger contracts in the picture you just, yeah, I don't know if you even really have that option and those players might have already had something lined up by this point or you just get a, a, a an offer you like somewhere else. Yeah, I'm. well, I will say I disagree with like the at this point thing because I will say that when the injury occurred, it was uh, before the the negotiation period started. So at least, you know, obviously the team knew what, right? They announced that she had a successful surgery the day after the surgery. So they knew, you know, however many days before that she was injured. They're not going to have her this season. Maybe they're getting a second opinion, third opinion. Um, people that I've spoken to understood that we knew what the injury was overseas. But we wanted to get our own doctors to look at it, which completely makes sense. Um, but for me, it's like, all right, I, I'm not going to give them the out of saying, other teams have already started negotiations. They they have the opportunity to negotiate with these players. I think the bigger issue, which you pointed out, is what can you really offer? Because the way the current CBA is structured, players are incentivized to stay on their team 
right? The, the team that you had so that you can get the the real max, the super maxes they're calling it, as opposed to the minor max or whatever the other term is. So for me, it, it's a tough situation because while it might be beneficial to say, hey, we can throw a lot of money at you for this one season, but we'll be honest with you, when AT comes back, you know, we are committed to her. It's going to be hard to make that, at least in my opinion, maybe you think I'm crazy, but it's hard to make that push to a player who says, okay, yes, this season, you know, the Connecticut's going to be able to pay me a little bit more. Then I'm going to be a free agent again versus and and not be able to get that Supermax, as it were. Obviously, that Supermax contract is much more of a specific thing. But I'm just saying, you know, you're might be kind of screwing yourself out of a possibility of eventually getting that Supermax contract by staying on your original contract or, you know, demanding that the team that you're with, you re-sign with them and do a sign-in trade, something like that, like we saw with Bonner uh, leaving Phoenix and going to Connecticut. So, I, I mean, that that's my thought on it, where it's, it's a real tough situation. We're really going to see, uh, you know, where Kurt is at as a GM and what he's able to pull off. It's going to be nothing short of magnificent because, I mean, this is a really, really tough situation. And, I, you know, I read your article. Great stuff as always. Everyone should check it out. It's on winsider.com. Um, here are a few people that you mentioned. So I'm, I'm going to steal your words because I agree with you on some of these. Yeah, before, Glory before John. I get into names, yeah, let yeah. me jump in. Thank so, you for your, your right to point that out with the timing of it. Right, like Rachel had said, it was believed to be serious last week. So obviously, the team would have you, you would have had a a pretty strong inkling of of where this was headed. And one point one point on the money to like put some numbers to this before we get into it. The, get them numbers out. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly a max anything kind of anyone approaching like a max deal. It's just it's hard to see how Connecticut would swing that without altering the the core of the team they already have in a major way. So to, to be more specific, like max contracts this year, you're talking about about 190,000 and then 221,000. Even I think, you know, if you sign somebody for like two, three, if you're looking to sign someone that one was expecting two to three years at like 120,000, even that would, I think would become really hard for them to swing when you're also re-signing Jasmine Thomas. And then you bring AT back in the picture and Brian January, if she's going to continue to play there when she's going to be a free agent. So that just to kind of paint a, uh, kind of give a benchmark there of, of how tough it might be. Not even just uh, beyond just obviously a dream of getting like a max caliber player. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough, but now can I say names? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. No, I appreciate you putting out the numbers. Cause I, I speak in general. I'm not a mathematician. Uh, you obviously are a little bit closer than I, uh, some names that you mentioned in your article, Glory Johnson, I like that. Um, you know, is it the perfect solution? No, but I, I like it. I mean, I do think it, it is a good fit. Uh, Tiana Hawkins, uh, I'll quote you, could open up the floor as a capable three-point threat, but maybe better suited in a bench role as opposed to a full-time starter. That's kind of the the Tiana Hawkins conundrum, if you you know if you want to put it that way. And then Amanda Zowie B, somebody who definitely sticks out in my mind. I mean, realistically, I. Let me ask you this. I don't want you to name names per se, but I want you to kind of describe that the player that we want. And I'm going to challenge you to not just, you know, 
think about Alyssa Thomas and describe that player. Cause you're not going to like Alyssa Thomas is her own person. There aren't many other players when you look around this league and you go, that's somebody who I like think has that, you know what I mean? Like there isn't another Alyssa Thomas in this league with the things that she does is amazing. I'm curious for you, who, what, what are the qualities of a player you're looking for to pair with, Dewana Bonner's game and Jonquil Jones's game, not even to mention the, the front court. I mean, sorry, the back court. Yeah. So just talking front court, if we're talking about a power forward strictly here, or just someone in that, in that spot playing next to JJ in a perfect world, you're not going to get everything that AT has in one package, right? Where not having any kind of jump shot is the big, is the big hole in her game, but one of the best defensive players in the league, and a, you know, a one person, one person kind of gets you to just having an elite transition game, too, which they're re- which they obviously won't be able to replicate. But just thinking about a few skills you'd like, a shooter would be nice, because then you would hopefully be able to play a little bit more through JJ, which got tough sometimes, especially in the playoffs or against the best defenses with AT on the court, and just t- the 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 compounding effect of just that someone that can shoot also open up the floor for Bonner and everybody else to look to drive. So that's why Hawkins comes to mind, but the overall pool of players that can shoot and also just offer enough to be in your rotation. It's a very small list. So Zowie might be one of those players too, more of a center. If she's playing next to JJ than Hawkins, neither of them are huge, are, are impact defensive players. Whereas glory Johnson is a little bit more solid on defense, but not capable to knock down some threes, but not somebody that it's like, all right, we got to plan for this and make sure glory isn't getting open looks. Yeah, it's tough. And then you also mentioned the article. I thought this was a very good point of when, when these things happen, you kind of immediately go, okay, free agency. Okay. Draft where, which one of these two outlets are they going to try and look to, you know, solve this issue. Um, unfortunately, the Sun don't have their 2021 first round pick. It was shipped yeah, out in the Bonner, Bonner deal. It's Bonner. Bonner's their first round pick. Yeah, this year. yeah exa- exactly. So, you know, you've kind of, they're in, like, they're really between a rock and a hard place. Um, I don't think that there's an immediate answer. I'm curious for you, put on your contradictory hat. If I'm Kurt Miller and I say to you, well, yeah, AT's gone, but I think we have, obviously we can bring on another role player, but I think we already have the pieces on our team to fill that in. One, what's your rebuttal? And two, what do you think that would look like? So I agree if they're, if they're, if everybody else is healthy, again, they re-sign Jasmine Thomas, they're still going to be a tough out and they'll be a rock solid playoff team. And I, like I said, we'll get to the, the point of do they still pay AT some kind of salary this year? But with the hope, the hope would be, which I kind of mentioned, is that maybe you sign one of those front court players, but also get somebody to add some depth on the perimeter so that in a way you can play big or play small, depending on the matchup and just what you like and maybe what what ends up clicking with with your with your team. And also that Dewana Bonner doesn't have to just take that take that pounding of playing the four for a whole season, which might be a little much for her, especially as she ages. So 
I just think in a, in a perfect world, you get a big that you feel good about, even if they don't necessarily start at the four, but they play, they can play a lot, especially if they give you some of that shooting element. And then you also add a solid, solid threat on the offensive end that can help you open it up a little bit, can knock, can knock down shots and hopefully solid in some other areas of their game. I agree with you. I, I think it might be time to move on to the salary implications um, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. I do have, you know, we got to talk about the ambassadorship. Uh, so we can save that for after salary or before salary, or if there's something yeah, else you want to throw in. Just, just quickly on the perimeter, I won't, I won't belabor it throwing out names for them to target, but just what they have within. You know, Tisha Heideman already signing or accepting a qualifying offer, so she's going to be back. Would obviously be great if she can be a little more consistent for them and really deliver, give them some some microwave scoring and shooting off the bench. Breon January already going to be big in their rotation, but if they're playing some lineups with Bonner at the four, her her defense becomes even more important. And then Kyla Charles had, had uh, some solid moments in her rookie season, but now if they can get it consistently all year and year two, if she's making her open threes and, and defending for them, this is this could end up turning out to be a really great spot for her to spotlight herself and kind of carve out a bigger role plus whatever they might happen to add or if they bring back somebody who who was on the roster last year. Yeah. I mean, they, they have possibilities, so it's going to be interesting. And and like you said, they have a lot of young players uh, who it, it's going to be exciting to see them in a growing in, in an expanded role, as they say, but it's also concerning because of the, the perception we have of this team. I mean, it, it's got to be tough for the people in this organization to be sitting there and, and try and recalibrate your perception of not only this team, but what you can do this season. Uh, like you said, not it's not the end of the world. You know, this team didn't go from being the number one team in the league to, you know, all of a sudden after this injury, they're the worst team in the league. But this is a huge, huge blow. We can't we can't understatement. We or we can understate it. We can't overstate it. Um I want to talk about this ambassadorship because to me, before we talk about salary implications, the question of do they pay her out of commitment to her? Do they say, we appreciate you. We want to give you the max, but we also need to field a roster this season and we can still be a really good team this season. So we, you know, if, if they pay her, they take that cap hit. Um, the ambassadorship, something that I think most WNBA fans, most WNBA reporters are still scratching their head about is in reference to when Brianna Stewart similarly was overseas, similarly hurt her Achilles, similarly had surgery to, to fix that, that injury. She was given an ambassadorship where she was paid much more than her WNBA salary at the time. Uh, and there's a lot of questions of what are the requirements of that? I don't think anybody truly knows what went into that ambassadorship role. But if I'm Kurt Miller, I am hounding the league office day and night. You know, I'm pulling the the, the call you up at two in the morning just because I know you're not busy doing anything else and you hear your phone ringing. Um, he needs to be, I mean, maybe this is a little bit harsh, but he needs to be annoying the crap out of this league saying, why can't we give this to my player? We, this needs to be going to my player. This is, you know, the perfect example, the exact same situation. Why can't we do this? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, 
that whole that whole topic was something that largely got tabled but even back to when it happened it was clearly something that had to raise a little bit of a flag in people's minds of okay they've opened a, a little bit of a pandora's box here and, and how is this going to play out if we get some similar situations and one none of this is none of this is really any is, is any kind of slight to stewie like of course i i would love to see all the players still get paid if they're hurt and the mechanics of this the team's not having injured lists and and all these different you know these things they have to deal with maybe as opposed to the nba by comparison i'm, I'm all for the players getting play, paid and this isn't even a thing about stewie but the league to have just kind of pulled that out of the hat this was a, a little bit of an unprecedented step for them to have taken to have done that two years ago and they also just didn't do a they just did a bad job with it with it from a pr standpoint they didn't explain it very well Stewie didn't end up really being out in the public eye very much. And even when interviewed about it one time, seemed to not really be sure what the role was going to be yet. So just from a, from a PR front and just, uh, you know, you're, you're calling your, the title of the position, right? You're calling it an ambassador, not understanding what it is are, are some questions I have, but I think we're more, we're more getting to the mechanics or the decision of actually deciding who gets it and and who doesn't. So yeah, in this case for Connecticut, like you mentioned, I would I would bring it up for Connecticut as a, a situation of it seems even more concerning or it it would be even more you're in an even tougher spot than Seattle was 2 years ago. Stewart was still on a rookie contract. That wasn't putting that in itself wasn't putting them in this huge bind with the salary cap. And it still ended up working out for Seattle. Well, Connecticut, one, I think they can still still be better this season than Seattle was going to shaping up to be and ended up being two years ago. Definitely. So from their perspective, right, you, wouldn't you just say, yeah, it would obviously be great if, if this kind of thing would happen for us because if we're not worried, it, you know, part of this comes down to what AT and her camper, you know, will expect, right? Are they going to expect to get paid. Well, that puts Connecticut in a tough spot because you can still be a pretty good team. You wouldn't, of course you wouldn't want to just punt away uh, a season or you, of, of course you want to do anything you can to make your team still as good as you can. Well, if they, if they, if this kind of thing broke for them, you've got, you've got a little bit of spending power, at least in free agency right now to, to build out this team. Whereas, if they do feel in a tough spot where they still do want to pay her ultimately, if especially if you know she really expects it, then from the team side you kind of have to do that, right? And you're just you're just you end up in a tough spot. Oh yeah, like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They are in a tough spot. Why don't you break down, kind of explain the the salary implications? I know we've kind of like touched on it, we've tiptoed around it. Uh, I mean, to say it shortly, it's just, do they pay her or not? And if they pay her, the cap hit could be an issue. I mean, I, I, maybe this is a question that you can't even answer, but I'm curious, you know, can they say, okay, we give you this lower salary for this year. So the cap hit isn't too bad, but then for, you know, the rest of this contract, the, the, the payment, the salary is you know, the max that you expect and deserve. Is that even a possibility? I don't know. 
Yeah, like I said, a lot of it comes down to just what their conversations are like right now, what AT's reaction is going to be to all of this. Obviously, playing overseas, there's you know there's some kind of income for AT in this past year beyond just the the 2020 WNBA salary. Coming into free agency before the injury, of course, she's clearly she clearly is uh, worth a, a max contract, the upper max signing with her former team. That would be a little under seventeen percent of the salary cap this year. And of course, huge. if they still end up paying her in some form, signing her and keeping her on the roster in order to pay her, and maybe they talk it out and ends up coming in less than that as as they kind of talk that out, then it's less money as a cap hit, but it's still, (laughs) again, it's like, I would point back to two years ago and it's like, okay, you've introduced this brand new variable, which you didn't really explain, at least publicly, barely at all. And you knew this would come eventually, right? Players are still playing overseas. And if another star player gets hurt, what's going to happen? So as opposed to that situation where the cap hit is totally wiped out and the player is still taken care of, if, if you end up in an either-or situation in this case, like I said, maybe they still talk it out and end up and end up coming to an agreement. And maybe, AT, as an example, just throwing it out there, maybe AT signs for something for less than the max to try to still help the team out, but still to get paid. It's Again, it's, it's still money that they aren't able to use with this 2021 roster. So it's just, it's, it's an interesting topic from... It's an interesting dilemma for Connecticut to try to work out, but also just from the league level, it just it's just really hard not to point back point back to that decision. And then, you know, how where do you draw the line? Is it are they going to do it for a top five player? Are they only going to do it if you're on your rookie contract still? So it's possibly not as much money we're talking about. But then that's I'll end I'll I'll pass it off to you finally here. But if you're gonna if if that was part of the rationale that. She was on a Stewie was on a rookie contract back then, so oh, it's maybe not that big of a deal to still pay her. Well, that totally clashes with logic because it hurts Connecticut more because from the player standpoint, AT is missing out on a season where she would have been a max player or again at least deserved it. Maybe she would have taken a discount to try to help out the team. But then, so then from the team perspective, what is what does Connecticut do? Of course, you'd want to do right by your player. So so it just. It, it again. It just. It, I think there's a lot of stuff to this topic, and maybe even a few things I I, uh, I didn't uh, harp on enough. No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's a horrible precedent set by the league if they're not going to follow through on it. And also, you know, to add to it, how do you define a top five player? If the league's going to say, "Well, we only do that for top five players," fine and dandy. What is your, you know, what is your rating system to decide who's a top five player? That like there's it they open uh like you said they open Pandora's box a can of worms this this has just started and they need to shut it off they need to decide they need to publicly announce what this ambassadorship role is whether or not they're continuing it I would strongly argue that you need to continue it even if you set an end date to it just because of you can't just do it one time for the MVP and then just everyone else oh sorry tough luck also I will note memory serves, the amount of money she got for the ambassadorship was, I'm pretty sure, double or close to double, if not more than double, her WNBA salary. So don't tell me that 
oh, because she was on rookie scale, we're fine to do it. I'm if I remember correctly, that payout for the ambassadorship, at least the, as it was reported, was probably close to what AT would be making this season. So not only if I'm, you know, the the powers that be in Connecticut, I'm calling and blowing up. But honestly, if I'm the league, I'm calling up Connecticut and I'm saying, hey, we'd like to offer you this. You know, like it does it hurt the league? No, does it not? I mean, we could rant about this for a very long time. Uh, but and and I completely support you and what you said and agree with you that nobody's hating on Brandon Stewart getting paid. We want to live in a world where WNBA players get injured and they get to make their money throughout the season, you know, and, and they're not losing out on money because they have to go play overseas and put all that stress on their body. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, like this, uh, this is a situation that, that needs some handling. And honestly, I'm glad we're doing this episode because I haven't seen enough talk about it. Granted, you know, and rightfully so, there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter, sending out prayers for AT, uh, hoping she gets better. I've seen some people reach out saying, hey, you know, I've had a similar injury. Let's talk about it. I'm sure Brianna Stewart's reached out. I'm sure some other people have reached out. Like, I don't know that on record. I can just assume because the W is a family. Um, but this is something that needs to be handled and needs to be discussed. This is not, you know, da- rainbows and daisies and everything. Like, there are some tough decisions to be made. And and that's that's my two cents on it. Ben, you want to go on one last rant? Or are you good? Not a, Not a rant, but it just... A lot of this, what we're talking about is in hypotheticals and one, one final kind of thought on it is just, it it all, you know, it it all comes down to the, the, the key individuals in this, right. Does, does AT ultimately just say, Hey, I want you guys to use this money this year and just go build out the roster. Okay. And then, you know, if if it isn't raised as an issue, then, then maybe Connecticut just carries on in that way. Or AT does still so just you know what the what the individual parties in this and end up deciding and, and discussing with each other that you know that that has as big of a say in it still, which still doesn't preclude the larger conversation about it. Which again, you this what this was going to happen at some point, right? Injuries happen in basketball, and I even pointed to. Kelsey Plum, as an example, last year too, right? Also a torn Achilles was on the final year of her rookie deal and had just signed a contract extension. Las Vegas didn't suspend her for the season. They kept her on the roster. But again, Plum was on her rookie deal. It's a smaller contract. It also happened after the offseason. So Vegas kind of had a roster put together and that salary alone wasn't putting this them in, in a possibly in a, in a bind trying to build their roster. So there, you can have very different circumstances, but there's also the larger point uh, of just, okay, like what's, are are we going to see this again? What, how is the the league defining the parameters and and all those different things? Those are, those are questions hopefully that they've answered and and we'll see how it plays out. Windsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do it without your help and support. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Windsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game.